we're waiting for Alicia, right? Uh, I think Alicia's going to drop in once she gets a chance to get some food in her. Okay. She just got back from work. Good evening and welcome to Progressively Horrified. The show where we hold horror to standards it absolutely never agreed to. <laughs> Good evening and welcome to Progressively Horrified, the podcast where we hold horror to progressive standards it never agreed to. Tonight we're talking about the 2023 black horror comedy, The Blackening. I am your host, Jeremy Whitley, and with me tonight I have a panel of cinephiles and cenobites. First, they're here to challenge the sexy werewolf, sexy vampire binary. My co-host, Ben Kahn. Ben, how are you tonight? I am doing delightful after this movie. This was so much fun. As we talked about before the show, I went into it from the trailer expecting like scary movie two level of quality and got an actually really good, really funny horror movie. Yeah, that's legit. And uh, the cinnamon roll of Cenobites, our co-host, Emily Martin. How are you tonight, Emily? Really glad I didn't watch the trailer because I didn't know what to expect and I just jumped in and I was also delighted. So let's go. Nice. And our guest tonight, first off, a good friend of the podcast and part of the Talking Comics family, Aaron Amos. Aaron, welcome back. Thank you very much. Never been blacker. And our editor and my wife, Alicia Whitley, she will be dropping in shortly. She may edit this out and just edit herself and saying <laughs> hello like she was yeah. here the whole time. It's hard I, to tell. I do want to give credit where it's to the scary movie comparison. Aaron, that was your friend who made that. Is he like uh, on any shows or blogs or anything? No, I want, he, I want to make sure to give proper citation. He, Don't come so, after me, H bomber guy. <laughs> he listens to he listens to GC and he's he listens to what I send him to listen to. But he is the one that is the horror purist. He's like Valentine's Day. He sits down and has a full day of horror movies, and it's just, it's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. Fucking so. a king. King yeah. shit right there. Yeah. yeah, we invite you to be on the show. Like, We're literally, I've known him for 25 years, and that's been a tradition since I've Valentine's Day, full movie, full horror movie, a marathon, at least probably two or three. There's not a movie you can think of, a horror movie, that I've been able to stump him with. But I've actually... Always asked him to watch the Evil with us. That's that's good because the characters in this movie are fucking stumped by Scream too. <laughs> I think they they honestly got it mixed up with Demonite. It was funny because as it happened, I was like, he said Jada Pinkett Smith, and I was like, yes. And then Demonite, yeah. Scream too. I was like, oh no. Yeah, I'm glad that was like our prologue kill because I gotta be honest, we're flubbing that question. I'm like, fucking come on, like you know what? Yeah, yeah, you get an arrow in the neck. That's what you get. But that whole scene sort of set the stage for my how much I ended up loving the relationship between all of them. Just between the two of them, I mean, was it Iran Orji and Jay Farrow? Jay Farrow. That back and forth chemistry was just like, okay, I'm in. I'm oh, good. Yeah. Let's see where this goes. When they, when Monty told King, you're really in the sunken place. Yeah. I fucking died. And yeah. That, I was like, I don't know. And then he said, balls deep. And I was like, go. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay. Namdi's so black, he was literally in the white man can't jump reboot. <laughs> you gotta love when somebody makes a big picture of Kool Aid in the Kool Aid shaped picture. That's oh, that's, yeah. oh yeah. that fucking Kool Aid equal like what is that like one part vodka to ten parts sugar? Can't I can't <laughs> the cramps? Oh yeah, God. The cramps. okay. Chekhov's cramps. All right, we're oh, gonna you know God, this yeah, movie. Just... This is gonna be a pretty scatter shot i'm gonna run through the plot 
We're going to do it quickly. And then we're probably just going to scattershot our way through our favorite moments or things we got to talk about. Because this movie was so much fun and so delightful. We should mention up top that this movie has, I would say, extreme black bona fides and that it's directed by Tim Story, <laughs> who is responsible for the reboot of Shaft. He's responsible for Ride Along and Ride Along 2, Barbershop. He's, he's been around. He's also the director of both of the original Fantastic Four movies, but don't hold that against him. Uh-uh. Oh, okay. <laughs> they were Fox films. Yeah. So. Uh, I mean, uh, maybe, that, a, maybe a little bit. That, that balances things out a little bit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but this right. was good. I mean, I mean, he also directed, you know, Raw Sun music videos. So, you know, he's been here a while. An experiment. Let's just say that. They didn't know how to yeah. make superhero movies yet. It was, I'm not, I'm not sure. It out. I'm not sure where Michael Chiklis lands on the invited to the cookout scale. I don't know. The shield really. Um, right. How many people uh, are going to be too? Ben Grimm is probably at the cookout. Michael Chiklis. I don't know. I mean, I don't think people are going to be too thrilled seeing Vince Mackey come up for a hot dog. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. So it is also written by Tracy Oliver, uh, who wrote Girls Trip, has written a lot of other good films. Great screenwriter. It's co-written by her and Dwayne Perkins who is the Dwayne of this movie, who is also the originator of this story. They did a short film uh, with it initially. You know, then it, it eventually got turned into this much, obviously, larger. That checks out. That didn't, checks out. Didn't, didn't one of them, wasn't one of them on, like, Misadventures of Awkward Black Girl? And that's Tracy Oliver. No okay. cap. Knowing the Dwayne of the movie was one of the creators of the film, I do want to ask, because one of the few quibbles I have with this movie is, I do not believe Dwayne has a friend group of all straight people. <laughs> this this is like, you. yeah, he does. I'm telling you, he does. He was literally just his connection to this group. And then he's got all his other queers. Yeah. That are somewhere else wondering where the hell is Dwayne? Yeah. So that, his BFF. Like, I feel like you're totally right. You're a hundred percent right. I feel like Dwayne and with which character is it Lisa? Lisa. Or, Lisa. Yeah, Lisa. I feel like it's a real I'm your best friend, but you're not my best friend. Yeah. So, yeah. I have had those, I'm telling you. Yeah. <laughs> I've lived I've lived a life. I feel like this is Dwayne's college friend group, and then Dwayne has a completely different post college friend group. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the sequel, like I would give everything for a sequel that is just in real time, him and his real city friends at brunch where he is just recapping this movie mm-hmm. to them over an hour 20. Yeah, I do love the fact, though, that there's no gay panic within this friend group. They all know who he is. They all accept who he is. Like, even at the end with the, did you change clothes? Yes. You know what? Yes, I did. <laughs> Which, my my you know, favorite line. Fantastic. That was my favorite line. And I will have a story about that later. Yeah. And it's it that, that connects me to that line, but that's my favorite line in the movie. He and he fucking ate that outfit. Yes. Yeah. B, I know you that you're gonna go through the recap really quickly, but I do want to point out that when Lisa and I wanna call her Annika because she was Annika on Empire. I cannot remember what her name Allison? Yes, thank you. Oh yeah. yeah. When Allison and Lisa are having the mental conversation and they're like Oh, does Dwayne know that Namdi's coming? I really thought that Namdi was Dwayne's ex. Mm-hmm. Either and Dwayne I love the way that Namdi it turned out. That it's like, like, no, I just don't like him because of what he did to you, to you know, my friends. So. Wait, is Allison Booboo Kitty? 
Yeah, that's Boo Boo Kitty. Yeah. Uh, I did not realize that until you just said that. That is Cookie. That, yes. Yes. That's Cookie's nemesis. Yes. Boo Boo Kitty. Okay. That makes uh-huh. sense. And uh-huh. she was, you know, this cast is really like star studded. I mean, who is at the top with the earrings? Yvonne Orji. Dietrich oh, yeah. Bader. Yes. And she was in <laughs> Dietrich Bader. And she was in Insecure, right? Yeah. She was the best friend. And in then Lisa was in the TV series of Dear White People. She played Coco in the serial, not uh, the movie. Jermaine Fowler's been in like a million things. I've seen him everywhere. I love the movie, but I haven't seen the series. Jermaine Fowler kind of looks like my cousin a little bit. So every time I see him, I'm like, oh, I go my play cousin. But he was also in Sorry to Bother You, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. He was uh, Lakeith Stanfield's best friend. Yes. Yes. And he was amazing in that. So oh, he's yeah, real he good was... in this. He was really fun. Oh, my Every God. Every actor in this, Clifton. I was like, oh, wait a oh. second. That's so-and-so. Oh, wait a second. That's so-and-so. So that had really good vibes. And I have a few quibbles with the movie as well. There were a few places that I quibbled. So I'm interested in hearing what your quibbles were and seeing if your quibbles and my quibbles are the same. A lo- yeah. You a got lot. it. But yes, the recap, it's a June team celebration slash 10-year college reunion for a group of friends. And they and a couple, Morgan and Sean, get there first, where they encounter a game called The Blackening with this horrible little fucking little Sambo-ass motherfucker. I didn't really know where this movie was going. I just knew it was going to be trope satire horror movie so i really thought for a hot second i'm like oh shit are we in more racist jumanji (laughs) (laughs) i mean kind of yeah oh but that that caught me off guard i'm sorry (laughs) (laughs) but no it's just some fucked up psychological shit there there has name a black actor who survived a horror movie and sean this motherfucker says i'm Epps and Jada Pinkett in Scream 2 like a fucking wrong ass, wrong asshole. They die but, in the cold open of Scream 2. They but die the, before the credits. Not even roll. Jada Pinkett in Demon Knight. Wait. Yeah, when they asked the, but when they asked the question, I literally started sweating because I couldn't name one in either. I was like, I, I, well, now this is where this podcast goes in handy. <laughs> My mind went, I went straight to uh, Mindy and Chad Meeks Martin from Scream 5 and 6. I said Jada Pinkett from Demon Knight. Always yeah, legit. That's what I did. My second would be Brandy from the second uh, I Know What You Did Last Summer, which she just sort of survives my, because she's Brandy. My answer was Blackula, but I don't know if that really counts as like surviving the horror movie <laughs> as much as like becoming. Yeah, he, he didn't really survive it either, though. Like he was turning to a pile of bones. At the end. You know, what? I'm trying to remember Blackula, yes, and I did. gotta be honest, the only image that really sticks with me is Blackula just throwing a barrel at a dude, like <laughs> I had to throw in the thing. Yeah, <laughs> that was the first thing that came to my mind as well. Did that part of the movie? Buster Rhymes survive H two O? No. Does LL Cool J surviving Deep Blue Sea count? I think Ooh. so. I think I so. Know. That's what that's what my buddy was saying. My buddy's like, wait, deep blue sea. Buster <laughs> Rhymes does get to do kung fu at and on Michael Myers, but he does not. Who survive. was the one who survived in um Do You See? You know, the one in the space in space. Remember they went to hell in space? 
Oh no, Lawrence Fishburne, Fishburne does not survive. Not that Lawrence movie. Fishburne, the other guy. The, the other guy, guy who... does survive. Yeah. Not the who other is guy. That? That's mm-hmm. how you survive, is being the other guy. The other guy. Yeah. Well, it's hard yeah. to remember because he's opposite Lawrence Fishburne, okay? Yeah, so why opposite should, Lawrence Fishburne. That's why you yeah. should have said the, the cameraman from Scream 2. Yeah. I did, um, that dude is still, to this day, the smartest character in any of these movies we've ever seen, who just immediately realizing he was in a horror movie, fucked off for the rest of the film. Hey, you need a dose of common sense in there to, to relate to the audience sometimes. You know? <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, that dude? Fucking king. Now Richard that I think Jones. about it, not, not to be Jones. confused with the king in this movie. Yeah. No, Richard T. Jones was the guy in Event Horizon who played Cooper. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like eventually you're stretching it far enough to be like, I don't know. I think Jamon Hansau survived Gladiator. Does that count? Oh. <laughs> uh, Samuel L. survived Sphere. It's so just a little story about Alicia and I watching this movie last night. She was being very annoyed by all the people just calling this man king. Uh, and she was pretty sure it was like a, she thought it was like a hotep thing going on. During <laughs> the I was like, I'm pretty sure that guy's name is king. I didn't realize his name I was king. I had to look it up on like, IMDb and I was like, yeah, his name is king. She I was like, oh my God, this girl going to get on my nerves if she keeps no. calling him king all over the place. Oh, how you doing king? What's going on king? I was like, <laughs> get out, straight out. She's trying too hard. And then Jerry was like, that's his name. And I was like, well, I've been watching Full Metal Alchemist, so I've been like, yep, King, first name, no questions, moving on. Awesome series, by the way. Oh, yeah. I, oh, yeah. At least his middle name wasn't Fuhrer or whatever. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Although, at least with Full Metal Alchemist, they've delivered on that. The next step would have been like, actually, Fuhrer is his first name and King is his middle oh, good name. good Lord. In this movie or FMA? Uh, sure. <laughs> Where have we seen Namdi before? Maybe you said it earlier. I thought uh, he was in the uh, White Men Can't Jump that Hulu was that Hulu promoted. That's what it was. All right, did they promote it? I don't remember that. Uh, that they made. I love when they ripped his shirt off and they're like, "Damn!" I'm like, "Yeah, okay, that wasn't just I, me." I okay. mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, fucking valid. <laughs> was like, he was okay. also in the Teen Wolf TV show. Some people uh, love. I've never met a person who's seen that movie, but I know a lot of people on the internet that are. What show is this? Teen Wolf. Oh, MTV, yeah. No. Teen Wolf. You've never met a person who's seen the movie Teen or Wolf? They've seen the TV show. Teen, Teen oh, Wolf. okay. I Lots still know him. I love it. I still know him as the guy from the Hulu movie with the co star of Lil Nas X's prison music video. Oh, no. <laughs> Not Jack Harlow. Yeah. Oh, good lord! That was a Jack Harlow vehicle. <laughs> oh lord, I forgot about that as well. And you want to you want to pick up on this recap before we go off? Of <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I was literally about to go on a path of how Jack Harlow reminds me of a thinner chunk from the Goonies. But go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. I was. I'm glad we stopped me before I got too far down that path. So anyway, so after that, we get to the rest of the main characters. We got. Dwayne, he's driving the car, or not in the, he's in the passenger seat. We got Lisa, we got Allison. Allison's deal is that she's got a white dad. Dwayne's deal is that he's that bitch. And Lisa's deal is that she makes bad decisions. Or good decisions. Namdi has character development. It's oh. nice. Oh, it was, a, the decision changed as he took the shirt off. Oh, yeah, no, I mean, when, after that, it's like, yeah, fucking, you could like, you can cheat as many times. Uh-huh. I get why you would let that cheat on you. Uh-huh. Yeah. I guess is the nicest way to say it. Lisa, 
you might be weak, but I ain't casting the first stone. Like, I, <laughs> like, let let Dayor without sin. I, I get it, girl. I get Beautiful. it. Beautiful. Yeah, they're on their way. We also got Shanika. She picks up Clifton. So, oh, y'all, how quickly did y'all realize how fucking sus Clifton was? From the get go. I was just like, nobody, From... nobody invited him. No. I invited him. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this man invited to the exclusive fucking 10 year cabin getaway reunion and nobody knew he was coming. Yeah. Nope. Nope. I mean, well, conveniently, Morgan is already dead, so nobody can ask her at that point. And he, you know, claims that Morgan yeah. invited him. Yeah. No, I can't see him and Morgan in the same circles. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Because apparently he had access to her phone to text in the morning. So you think you have been like, by the way, Clifton's coming. Well, first yeah. of all, first of all, let's be clear. Morgan is not sending an Evite to anyone. That's just not happening. Yeah. Yeah. I assumed I assumed the whole thing was Clifton's <laughs> plan. Was that like he already like he just sent him out and none of them asked who sent it and they or they just all assumed Morgan. I don't know how Clifton's plan was supposed to work. They don't really explain in the finer details. It doesn't matter. I don't care and neither should you. Nope. Just go along for it. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, we just get a lot of like Great chemistry. We learned Namdi cheated on Lisa a whole bunch. They're back together now in secret from Dwayne because Dwayne's got a whole bunch of feelings about his friendship with Lisa and feeling taken for granted. You got King. He's just a really cool dude. He's got a white wife. Uh, He's an ex-gangster. <laughs> he men they mentioned. He yeah. His, yeah. His, he he changed his life. That he does not have a gun with him, which will turn out later to not be true. He yeah. Anyway, they do... Molly and play spades and just have a good old time. I believe that is Dwayne's drug of choice. He said, <laughs> Molly, Molly yeah. ooh, my drug of choice. And that scene where he was shifting moodily before like taking off all his clothes and, yeah, and dancing. Like, yeah. It's about to head. Just wait. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I just love so, how cheap this like. How dare you just shift in did your you just chair at me? You just oh, yeah. shift in your seat at me? I got to ask though, because I am not a party person i am a in bed by 9 30 person my drug of choice is red wine and buttered popcorn mm -hmm. would taking molly in a cabin in the woods be fun because it seems like a waste of party drugs i mean i think it depends i have never taken molly but i know people who have and at my college we might as well have been a cabin in the woods with a bunch of buddies my buddies were taking molly and in their dorm it just seems like a waste of like i fun haven't times. taken it either not for lack of trying mind you <laughs> just not good at it yeah but okay I'm missing you, I, just, I didn't know <laughs> i didn't know if anybody else had that experience and no. I, I did have that thought of like I was like, this just doesn't seem like it would be fun for me. Now, if someone was like, here, take these shrooms. You're in a cabin. Let's take these shrooms. I'd be like, yeah, yum, 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 Mario. I'm going to grow big. I was going to say, it seemed like they had something for every occasion that they brought along with them. Mm -hmm. I, yeah. Sort of... yeah. Even studying. Yeah. I think what was wild to me was how card games was put on the same level of drugs. Okay. So I just need you, like, maybe this is a cultural thing. This is an, do we need an explanatory comment? Yeah, explanatory <laughs> comma about spades. Aaron, how's your spades game? Uh, okay, so it's, I am it's, also so-so. I'm good at the trash talk, but I learned to play spades in middle school. We used to play for french fries because they were the best yeah. things that the cafeteria had. 
Okay. And that was my, because my family lived in a white neighborhood and we moved to this town that was, I, at the time, I did not realize like just how racist and recent the history of racial violence was in the town that we moved into. But if I haven't explained before, I moved into a neighborhood where I literally wasn't allowed to go to the pool because I was black. And that was the mm. neighborhood pool. Playing spades. So I lived on the other side of town from all the other black kids. And I was always accused of talking too white, acting too white, whatever. But learning how to play spades was my way of like reclaiming my cultural identity and having it in in with the other kids. But for black people, spades is not something to be entered into. It's really not lightly like there's no time in your life as a child where you are introduced to the game by people who will gently teach you how to play spades like it's it's like be it's like sink or swim you literally and people like, will it's trash like magic talk you and trash talking is part of it like it's the way that you know it it's the way that we strengthen our our familial bonds in our youth we just yeah we toughen them yep by repeat it's like if you can handle what your family is going to throw at you at the card table you can go out into the world and handle whatever the world is going to throw at you here's the thing with spades it is one part sublimated black anger one part (laughs) one part alcohol and one part intense competition intense and when you put all that together and you have a situation that's gonna mm. that you have to sort of get through, and it is it becomes what starts off as a game, but the deeper you get into it, it really becomes the thing that will define your relationship with whomever you're playing with. And people will really just pick the thing that they know you're insecure about and just keep going yeah. at it. You if know? you wanna, if you wanna see more behind the scenes of the the spades situation, there's an episode of Blackish <laughs> where the grandmother. <laughs> teaches them how to play spades and it is hysterical and very accurate i did see that there was a i cannot remember her name but i did see that there was an academic who made a spades course for black kids who just didn't learn as part of like a master's thesis or a dissertation project i'm okay at spades i would not at a family reunion or get together volunteer myself to go sit at a table with card players I would sit I behind someone talking shit. Yes. Yeah, there you go. There Choose you your go. team. So, so yeah. So the card game, it's not just a card game. It's. No, this is the where the cultural divide comes. Because when people are like, hey, we're doing game night. I hear that like white people game night. I'm like, oh, you're busting out some board game. I really don't want to play. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> so what do white people do at game night? Do y'all like, y'all play Monopoly and stuff? No, like, it's what all... do you do? It's funny to me. Because when you started describing spades, Emily said, like Magic the Gathering. Oh, I heard that. My brain, five minutes before that, was like, how do I describe in the whitest possible terms what the spades is like to Emily? And I was like, do I go with Settlers of Catan or Magic the Gathering? And then Emily said Magic the Gathering. 
Okay. I have never been enveloped in such whiteness so quickly in my life. I know. I, I know. I've never played Magic the Gathering. I guess I we have psychic is. powers too, Jeremy. I lost my mind. I just I, I blanked <laughs> out for a minute there. No, because I went to the fucking camp and we did have, it wasn't spades, but we did have some sort of like team-based competition card game slash psychological war. Egyptian mm-hmm. rat screwer. Yeah, so I don't know what the game was, but like I'm familiar with the concept. Oh, was it yeah. war? For my, grand- for my grandmother, it was Pinochle. You know, she used to have Pinochle nights. People would I, come over and they're just... I want to say we called it spit, but I, oh, I don't spit know. Was, spit. Yes. I remember spit. Yeah. I tried to teach her spit once and she told me it was a stupid game for stupid people. <laughs> Oh, I mean, no disagreements here. <laughs> she wasn't wrong. <laughs> the thing about war that nobody actually teaches you about war is that it's just a competition of who cheats the best. Right? <laughs> yeah. Welcome to well, life. Game war. In real life. Wait, right? wait, wait. You 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 been cheating at war? Yes, absolutely. That, I feel like I just learned something new about our relationship. That's you want to play space the, with me next time we go to the? That's why I hold the deck in my hand. Because then when I grab the card off the top of the deck, I'm not grabbing the card off the top of the deck. I'm grabbing the card off the bottom of the deck. Stop. You play magic tricks? Wow. Oh. You're doing yeah. some. You're doing witchcraft with war? <laughs> you're doing some Ben Affleck in the casino type shit? You're doing close-up magic? He does that. If you don't know that Ben Affleck counts cards in real life at casinos, congrats. You know that now. Wow. Oh, wow, Ben, you really I don't, don't want Ben Affleck to be in, in his bag, do you? No, I, I don't say that as an attack. I say that as like, damn, Ben Affleck, fucking go off. Hell yeah, you count <laughs> yeah, the cards. Yeah. All right, so, knows. anyway, right, this yes, anyway, card game. They, they, the friends, like us, have fuck around for about mm-hmm. half an hour. <laughs> and then they, until like, doors locked, they're lured into the game room where they're shown that Sean is dead, and if they want to say Morgan, they got to answer a whole bunch of, like, black trivia questions, and it's fucking hilarious. And then oh. we get to, like, the big, I don't know, scene, denouement, I don't know what the fuck you call it, where they got to vote for who's the most black and therefore who will die. Okay, before which... we get to that, there are a couple of questions in this black trivia game that I felt like were very salient. All right? Yes. The first one that really got to me was when they said, what's the second verse of the mm. Black National Anthem? And I was like, Jeremy, I only know two lines. I only know Stony <laughs> the Road Trot. Like, that's, that's two I, more than I knew. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'll be very honest. <laughs> and then the second one, I yeah, got I would, the Black I would, I died question that wrong. Yeah. I was so disappointed. I thought she was only in two seasons, but I remembered that she was pregnant with Nikki. And then when Nikki came, it was light at Viv, and I didn't remember which season that was. So I was disappointed in that. I never forgave them for life and Viv, but that's another story. And that's a completely different story. Never forgave them for that. It's like yeah. the, it's like British gore and light skin on Viv. I got both <laughs> equally damaging to our nation and should never be forgotten or forgiven. I want that on a t-shirt. I feel bad for light skin Aunt Viv because <laughs> it's not her fault. Oh no. You yeah, know, no, no. that what happened. No, that's why know? I said I never forgave them for. Yeah, I, I never, never forgave, forgave them, them for, them. for yeah. Like, yeah, for Daphne Maxwell Reed. Yeah, I got I got I got nothing against you, Daphne Maxwell Reed. I got nothing against you. Live your life. Yeah. But we just Janet you know, Hubert was fine. She, she's, she's anyway. okay. And then the oh. third one that really got to me was when they said how many black actors were on Friends. 
N- named and by I said, a blind actor. Aisha Tyler. Yeah. Yeah. Name five. I said, Aisha Tyler. That's the only one I know because I don't watch Friends. And when they said this is how they got to vote for who's the blackest because they got it wrong because they named five. Yes. And then the little thing said wrong. The correct answer is I don't know. Oh, no. I don't watch Friends. I watch Living, Living Single. Living Single. Which yeah. I have to tell you, not five days ago, I was in the car with my daughter who was talking about, you know, when I never watched Friends and I was like, this is a Living Single household. We don't, we don't watch no Friends. What are you talking about? And she was like, I know it's bad. We tried watching that one episode and it sucked. I was like, that's right. So yeah. we don't know nothing about that. It's just, it's I, like, it's I like remember, whether you're a Popeyes or a KFC house. It's like, you got to choose. It's, you got to And that's how I knew that this movie was written for me. Because at first I was like, I don't know about if I'm even like this movie. And they got to that. And I was like, oh, <laughs> oh, Lord. Oh, well, the line earlier in that scene was when they were trying to figure out which white people would be trying to kill him with the list raging from all, all of them. <laughs> God. And then. The O'Reilly Auto Parts jingle is done more than the national oh, anthem. Oh, oh, O'Reilly Auto Parts. <laughs> That's going to sound terrible when I edit this. because oh, I'm, I'm terrible. Too, also, it's going to sound terrible because I was singing. And oh, no one wants that. Ah, jeez. Ah, jeez. Oh, oh I, Cut that shit out. Look, I'm very good at lots of things. Singing is not one of them. Sure. They have to vote somebody off the island. They have to vote for the blackest person to leave, which they do not do. No, they don't. No, they vote no, they for the don't. one they just decide they want to die the most. Wow. Which, you know, compelling reasons. You find they do it have their reasons. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, Kill them yourselves. Twice. When, when they eventually reveal Clifton's, like, backstory that, like, you know, he spoils for later in the recap. That he drove drunk after getting made fun of and hit and killed a woman. I'm like, man, movie, you already told me he voted for Trump twice. You don't need like, to give you, I'm not gonna have no sympathy. Like, I'm not gonna feel sympathy, and you don't need to give me extra reasons to hate him. I'm yeah. already there. I felt that same way about the Joker movie. I'm like, I don't care about the Joker's backstory. The Joker is just evil. Let the Joker just be evil. And that's kind of how I felt about Clifton. It's funny because my my roommate was describing Clifton. They were like, this this guy's real Joker vibe. (laughs) Before before the reveal. Yep. That is one of my quibbles was I'm like, damn, I think it almost would have been even funnier if it wasn't like if there wasn't this drunk driving thing, it was just he was just this angry that Lisa revoked his black card at a party. <laughs> yeah. Well, the other thing is that like the only other way that I could see him surviving the situation after he was like talking about the MAGA shit was him trying really, really hard to not be the blackest one there. And he was just that desperate. But yeah. Now that we know that he actually did those things, I assume, <laughs> we don't need to know that he yeah. killed somebody. Which, I guess it depends on what state he was in that he quit, because he only served four years. Yeah, he could have gotten his voting rights back. Mm-hmm. I mean, wasn't he in Vermont? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I guess oh, that's, that's where right. he's from. He's that's from right. Vermont. Yeah. Like, they don't teach kids in Vermont. Anyway. I can't imagine all of them went to college in Vermont. Yeah, yeah. that's a good point. Now, that would be a plot twist for the movie. Mm. Anyway. So. Anyway, they vote Clifton because Clifton voted for Trump twice, which, fucking yeah, of course, fucking kill Clifton. And they tried to kill him before they voted. 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I think at this point, King got attacked a few times. Allison stabbed herself, pulling the arrow out of King. 
Yes. That was fucking hilarious. They're both in pain and on drugs for the rest of the movie. Everyone's on drugs. It's great. This is like how I would be in a horror movie on drugs, at least preferably. I was going to say, I think that I would prefer to be on drugs if it's a horror scenario. Oh, 100%. Look, if a slasher is after me, I might as well also be on shrooms. And I think that the drug of, in this case, the drug of choice or the unilateral choice was that being Adderall was probably the better one for her since, you know, yeah, especially because after Clifton dies, they decide to, and yes, they bring it up, all the things they split up Mm. or have decide to risk it in the house and have decide to just get the fuck out of Dodge. But uh-oh, there's two killers, so they're both fucked. Or are they? They're not. King jumps out of a tree to attack one killer, and then Allison goes full fucking Wolverine and just kills the shit. <laughs> he punch stabs him so much. She's got, like, the predator mud paint. She's on Adderall. She's got arrow hands, and she is going to stab punching. It's pretty great. Yeah. That's a promo and for Adderall. Also, yeah. he can't fight is what they discover. He's can't got fight for asthma. shit. He's wheezing. And the killer he has one is, eye. Yeah, the killer has one eye. He's stumbling around. I felt bad for him a little Which, bit, except he was trying to kill people. Yeah, I he mean, was uh, probably a racist piece of shit, too. But I mean, he did have a Confederate flag in his face. Yeah, well. there, there is that. I do yeah, have to yeah, say, yeah. we did gloss over the existence and saving and then death of Ranger White here. Oh, that's true. Oh, he comes yeah, to the Ranger rescue, White. but they're yes. not sure if they can trust this guy or not. He says he's one of the good ones. To be fair, if makes the point cop- that he would be good, he would get invited to the cookout, but he would not come because then he feels that his place there would would then damage the you know the vibe of the all black space. What a real one, fucking Ranger White. I, I give listen. I gave him all the points for that response, but I still wouldn't have unlocked them doors. I'm sorry. Yeah. I just, oh no. Yeah. I felt so bad for him at that moment because I knew I wouldn't either. And I, I, like, yeah. I know you're gonna Hell die, no. and I I feel like you are probably not the bad guy here. However, my only question would have been, what should I tell your family? Uh, <laughs> how, how should I inform them? You want to talk tropes in a horror movie? If a cop or somebody that makes you feel safe finally finds you, and then you all get in the car. And then he gets out and says, wait here. Uh-uh. Can you hand me the keys while I'm waiting? He is, exactly. Yeah. He is dead within, at best, minutes. Nothing. Like that happy death day cop. Oh, <laughs> like <laughs> every time, like fucking Tucker and Dale versus evil. Take me to jail. <laughs> yeah. Scream too. Like fucking again. Every fucking time. But anyway. They then cut to the other three who are hiding in the biggest fucking air vent. The diehard size air vent. An air vent that could fit three people, three fully grown adults side by side. I'm trying to figure out how did he get up there so fast and making so little noise that the guy who could hear him playing a record from the other room didn't well, hear it, him struggling to get into the vent. It's especially hey. funny because when there's two people, there's clearly only enough room in the vent for two uh-huh. people. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as Zoey needs to get up there, it now has the room for three. It's hilarious. This movie's delightful. Yeah. Did I mention the whole time Dwayne is wearing a robe that says that, bitch? Yes. <laughs> it's, I also want to know where you can get a device that's literally called Signal Jammer. 
I want to. No, get yeah, 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 yeah. You gotta, you gotta go to Gotham City to get a device like exactly. Yeah. Lisa like... goes full. The butler did it in the pantry on Killer Number Two. They don't even show. Like they're just like Oof. his face gone, no face yeah. at all. Yeah, he is gone, no face, Freddy. Yeah, but she uses the candlestick that everyone yeah. mocked. Yeah. Alice is like, you know, you don't need to. It, you can, it's fine. He, okay, never mind. Go ahead. Keep going. Just, <laughs> but that's, just her working through that is. Oh, uh, yeah. Chuckle. Oh, Good yeah. For Good for and her. Look, Lisa's got a lot to work through. Good for you, Lisa. They get lured into the basement where they see Clifton and Sean, their dead bodies, except, uh oh, Clifton isn't dead. He's the bad guy. Oh, I thought it was Ranger White that was there. It was Ranger White, yeah. Oh, oh, oh stumped the... over the table. Yeah, because oh, yeah, he yeah, put yeah, Sean yeah. in the well. Yeah yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. My bad, my bad. Yeah, there is a well in the basement. <laughs> yes. There is a literal sunken place as well as the one King is in for having married like, the non-seen white lady. <laughs> what the hell kind of house is this? I'm like, I had the same question. Where, where, where does the occasion come for a well? It's a white people murder house. Yeah, yeah. It was definitely a murder house. Is off oh. the grid for a reason. I don't. I haven't heard of a house with like a fucking ring well in it like that. But let me, let me check Zillow real quick. See what. Okay. I so, well, try Zillow Gone Wild. That's usually yeah. the one that has it. <laughs> so uh, you know, yeah. I, I would say he is a, a bit of a, a mansplainer and uh, all that. So putting somebody in a well actually <laughs> is pretty normal for him. He's probably right. Well, you know. I that was probably on was that a I really hope that was I don't on know purpose. I don't know if I, was, I really hope that was on purpose I I did if it I is did, I see you one I, of the other running gags in this movie that I love is Shanika just constantly hating the fuck out of Clifton just for having an Android phone oh God, God that was that. the first audible laugh I had in the <laughs> in the what store he's like why well, do some people like Android wrong not God. true. When he when they get to the cabin, he asks if anyone has an Android charger, and she just says, "We don't support that." Jeremy, you have anything to add? It does have the better operating. Okay, system, all right. All right. It does in fact. I knew, I knew you and your little green text bubbles would have something like that to say. Uh, uh, listen, just every time we have a group chat with people, here come your green bubbles. Listen, if I, can't, if I can't put an emoji on your message, then I'm exactly. not responding to you. If it comes back and just says, Alicia liked a message. <laughs> green? Green? Listen, the difference between our phones... I didn't talk to Jeremy for a solid month. I don't know what happened, but at some point there was an update. And every time I tried to talk to him on speaker, for anybody with an Android... I tried to talk to them on speakerphone with my iPhone and people be like, I can't, I just can't hear you. You're breaking up. <laughs> the green text bubbles are the phone equivalent of having a car on cement blocks in your driveway. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I mean, I think if, y'all wanna, if y'all want to do something on your phone and there's not an app for it in the app store, you can't do it. Maybe if you I shouldn't do be doing on my it. Phone Maybe that's the question the you store, should be asking yourself. Not it's go... called jailbreak. Okay. I can go into the scary background. What's your podcast podcatcher of choice? What what what, what fucking dark dark web apps are you downloading, Jeremy? Exactly. I'll just say to this day, as of this recording, I have not had a need to do anything I wasn't able to do. Exactly. All I need my phone to do is not have Twitter on it. Nope. And that's easy. (laughs) 
Is it? Anyway, you have to have Twitter on your phone if you're on, if you have an Android. Is that it? No, I feel I'm like just, it would be the other way. No, I'm, I'm just saying Twitter is bad for the brain. And it's, <laughs> yes, it, it really is. If it's still on your phone, I don't know. Like, just for your own mental health, just take it off that thing. If you got to just keep scrolling when you're on your computer, I get it. But just don't give yourself access to it at all times. It's no good. <laughs> the podcast is on Patreon. Just go on Patreon. There are free, free tiers now. Just go on Patreon. Yes, and if you're a fan of this podcast, we in no way mean you when we make fun of Android users. <laughs> oh, yeah, no. We just mean Jeremy. That's why, yeah. <laughs> Boy, I haven't said anything. I mean, I I will say, I do, this is my Apple iPhone. I'm put, holding it up. <laughs> just in case, <laughs> just in case we thought. And my oh. iPad. So, yeah, <laughs> reveals, over here. doesn't that come with your house in Sonoma Valley? <laughs> um, <laughs> Oof. Shit. Look, it's too soon. We were just Damn, on we fire, okay? <laughs> Don't light me up again. <laughs> uh, oh, it takes so, yeah. a stiff breeze. So, yeah, Clifton Corny. So. Clifton reveals his you know, villainous backstory of they made fun of him for not being good at spades because he lived in Vermont. And how it just gave him a, I don't know, a racial inadequacy breakdown. Definitely a, a complex of some yeah, sort. Yeah, definitely. Oh, definitely a complex. I don't know. What's the race equivalent to a Napoleon complex? Life. Just. Damn, Aaron. Just fucking. Damn. Just saying. I have nothing to damn. add. Damn. All right. Yeah. That. Fuck. <laughs> 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 that, took, that took me out. I need a second. Fuck. Anyway, twice yeah, now. yeah, he got drunk, killed a woman, blames them for making fun. Oh, he even has a line where he says, like, her body hit my car. Yes. Which is <laughs> real fucking passive voice. Like, yeah. Person killed in police involved shooting type bullshit. Oh god, I didn't even. Ca I I caught it when he said it, but now it didn't even like unravel in my brain. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Her body hit my car. Well, I think it was just a really good line to show just how deep the blaming anyone but himself goes. Mm -hmm. For, yes, because the story is really like he got shit at the card game where everybody always forever gets shit. And his response was to get like wasted and then drive so fast he hit a person. And then at no point does he accept any responsibility for that. He blames yeah. them for making fun of him, driving him to drink, and then I guess drive. Yeah. Blames her for being, blames his, the woman for being hit. Like Clifton is very much a MAGA vote and piece of shit. Yeah, he's a sociopath. So it's really satisfying when King and Allison just fuck with light switches until they manage to distract him. And then Dwayne hits him with Chekhov's chili pepper and Sparta kicks him down the well. Wow. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's very satisfying. Also, there's a lot of crossbow and the crossbow looks really cool. If you're a fan of crossbows, boy, is this a movie for you. How many you arrows do those things carry? My lord. <laughs> You've read Berserk. Oh you can my. put like a million of them well, in there. Well, they got those like Jeez. vertical loading crossbows. So all you got to yeah. do is like work yeah. the clip on the bottom and another one pops up. Yeah, it's much slower to load like a legit I mean, crossbow, an old school crossbow. You, you, you know a shady ass white boy is reading Berserk though. Like. Mm. <laughs> yeah. 
the book and Marcus wins. Clifton is very much a Trump voting. Uh, it's actually Boku no Hero Academia, like type <laughs> motherfucker. Oh my God. I feel like they m- must have planned from the beginning of this story. Like, you know, the chili pepper is introduced pretty early, but like to kill Clifton with actual seasoning is pretty hilarious to me. Yes. Like, just to, yeah. I hit him with seasoning and kill him. That's so fucking funny. Well, it doesn't kill him. He is laughing maniacally at the bottom of the well at the end. So I I assume that was like Joker laughing at the end of the first Batman movie. Very Vincent Price. Joker's not. Joker doesn't die. In the first Batman movie. In the first Batman movie. He doesn't die. He just. Well, depends on who you ask. What is this? Joker's Joker's like a gremlin. Is he one of baby's kids? (laughs) Also, honestly, probably. Possibly one of my, the funniest parts of the movie for me, Dwayne and Namdi finally, you know, they get their own psychic talk. They're able I to communicate that. with places. <laughs> Only real that Clifton is also in on the psychic talk. I love that. I, I love that. Hilarious. That he overheard their psychic talk. Wait, Clifton, did Thinking you hear amazing. that? Yes. Amazing. The fact that they just throw in like... <laughs> song lyrics at, at different places that I was able to chime in with, like, I'll hit him high and you hit him low. <laughs> and then the other one that I was like, Jeremy, did you see this one coming? Is when um, somebody says, you are my sister. And the other person said, my strength. And I said, and my pride at the yeah. same time that the, everyone else said it. So is this the part where we talk about specifics from the movie? Oh, yeah. This is we are now yeah. in the let's just talk about whatever. Well, we we do have like the, the mid credit sequence. Oh, where, oh yeah. 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 Where they they know they don't know what to do, but they know they can't call the cops. So they call the fire department who hit him with the hose. <laughs> but Dwayne's reasoning was very logical and fast. very sound. I called the fire department as they don't have guns. I do have a story. That's really to Dwayne changing yes. his clothes. This literally happened. My junior year in college, I came home from school. I was in Buffalo, New York. And that summer, I was awakened by the smell of smoke. And I could eventually realize that the house was burning. Lightning had struck our house. I promise you this is going to have a point. Lightning had struck our house. We lived in a duplex. So I was trying to get the downstairs neighbors and my mom out of the house. It was like my mom, like she didn't believe it. She wasn't waking up. In any event, it's raining. Everyone gets outside. Everyone's downstairs. The first thing everyone notices is that I was fully dressed. My clothes were com- <laughs> were color combined. It's yes. Everything. You were I was, ready for company. I you was ready. You were coming over. Here's why that happened. Because anyone who lives in the door with a bunch of drunken people who come back at two in the morning and decide to make mac and cheese drunk realizes that the fire alarm is going to go off at two in the morning in the middle of the winter. I went to Syracuse in the middle of the winter. And you find ways of learning how to get dressed with a snap of a finger. So it was like I was I had gone to boot camp for fire escape. It was literally outside. So the next day we go stay at a hotel that night. The next day we come back. We're walking up to the house. Everyone in the neighborhood is like outside. Like here's a guy that comes out of a burning house, fully dressed, in color, <laughs> you know, color coordinated. I'm like. I'll be giving my talk later if you want to know how to get it. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's fine, but it's a true story. So when, you, when they showed Dwayne in that extra outfit, I was like, yep, that's my guy. That's, yeah. <laughs> like, that's yeah, He's ready. Like, my joke was that he, the, the fire department sprayed him with the hose because he was just that fire. <laughs> <laughs> Another great moment in the movie is when Clifton 
tries to give Dwayne his bag, like puts it against his chest. And Dwayne just doesn't even lift his arm and it just fucking just falls through. <laughs> it's like, again, that's my guy. Yep. Yep. Uh, 100%. They, they knew he was sus right from the start. Yeah. No, but I still like King. <laughs> Very honest. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Just like, just put it right out there. He was oh, true to character. Yeah. True to character all the way through. Oh, I just loved King's argument that he wasn't shot twice. He was shot once by two arrows. Same hole. Yeah, same old cattle. Yeah. So one mm. of the things that I thought was interesting about Clifton as a character, and one of the reasons why I was like, I don't know how I'm going to feel about this, is that they were playing with a lot of different stereotypes and tropes as far as blackness goes, and testing people's blackness, black checking, you know, deciding who is or who is not black enough based on what they, what they do, if what they like to do, how they talk, what they what. That is a thing that mm. happens that is that can be very damaging. Mm-hmm. However, Clifton is a cornball from head to toe, and he <laughs> is one of those people that complains about getting his, you know, black card revoked for no reason other than the fact that he's just different without realizing all of the shitty things that he's done along the way. Because in this friend group, you have lots of different people who are accepted for who they are being themselves in lots of different ways. And it's like, that could be the case in some places that people rejected you because you wear khakis, because you like manga, because you talk differently, because you don't know how to play spades. But also, that does not mean that that is this group. Mm-hmm. And they could be, yeah. they were kind of horrible in their own individual ways. Also, um, if liking anime isn't black, check out any fucking manga anime. Well, that convention. is something that you <laughs> that is something that especially in the nerd community and in the comics community that I have heard. I have heard black people, black men specifically saying black girls didn't like me or didn't talk to me because I was into manga or I was into anime. That is not and, why they didn't like you. And, yeah. yeah, and like yeah. sometimes no. it's yeah. like no. that no. might yeah. have been true in some cases that people thought you were weird and different, but there are a lot of black girls who are out there who like that stuff too. Like, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's oh not God. a... Mm-hmm. And so a lot of times with guys like that, you will find that, that maybe there's something else going on that you have not examined but i did think clifton um when uh who was shooting was king shooting the gun and he was holding no. the um, oh no uh, that Nam was uh, that was namdi right and clifton just reaches up and corrects <laughs> oh that horrific. was fuck- that was so fucking that funny was so i mean <laughs> that was so funny before we hit record i think jeremy you were saying that the movie had like a maybe a short film's worth of ideas but the characters filled it out perfectly. And I didn't even notice, like, I didn't really, I wasn't even thinking about that. Because every exchange of these characters was so good and so telling. And just, like, the visual storytelling of that, correcting the gun, was so brilliant. And also, it's a slasher movie. I wasn't really expecting it to go above and beyond. I do get what you're saying, though, Jeremy. Like, you know, and this is something, like, why I have the quibbles that, like, the questions and the game element isn't really elegantly like structured throughout the movie. It's very much like now we have the question game scene. Now we're on to chase scene. More questions. Yeah, I really thought chase... the questions would take longer. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, 
it's kind of like if they got out of the bathroom in the first 15 minutes of Saw, like, and then it was yeah. just another movie from there. It's like somebody saw the game Black Card Revoked and then thought, what if there was somebody who was mad about Black Card Revoked and then made that into a revenge yeah. slash so, movie? I'm with you. I don't think there was necessarily enough story for a full movie, but I think what saves it is that there was definitely enough jokes and comedy for yeah. a full movie. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, like Alicia was pointing out, Nicole Oliver used to write for Awkward Black Girl and, and a bunch of other stuff like Girls Trip that is, is structured on that sort of character interaction, the like, you know, make, making the, the way that characters relate to each other seem and, and feel really real. And, uh, you know, I, I haven't seen the short film version of this, uh, which which does exist, but like, I would imagine that's where a lot of, you know, her expertise as a screenwriter came into, you know, making this version of it. I think the way the movie was structured, I think those things that were probably associated with the original 15 minutes, those big moments were probably the big adventure or, or, or horror moments. And I think everything else, the connective tissue was the jokes, but the jokes weren't, I don't think the jokes were like these bombastic, you know, slapsticky. And this is maybe where the comparison that we had off air and maybe a little bit on air to scary movie franchise comes in they weren't these big sort of slapsticky visual jokes it was really so much of what i think even we've talked about so far tonight were things that were said under their breath yeah. you know on the side sort of like an aside to what was actually happening in the main scene but ended up getting the the bigger laugh which is what i think made it a little bit smarter because it wasn't like hey we're about to set up this joke here it comes wait yeah. for it bam there it is did you even see it the, even <laughs> so, the barf joke yeah. I yeah. I was fully prepared for the barf to happen. Every time Dwayne said, I throw up when I get nervous, I throw up when I get oh. nervous. And I was like, oh my God, there's going to be like, throw up. I'm not going to deal well with this. But when it came and when it happened, it was so hilarious. And it because it was so the cut to just barf exploding out of that vent. Yeah, that projectile vomit. Was it, and it was just, so, it was so perfect. So I think that there were some funny moments that in other hands, like. Again, there is the version of this that is like scary movie too. Mm -hmm. The jokes are lazier, more obvious. They just come from a place of like lazy stereotypes and movie cliches instead of any kind of real identity or real appreciation for the genre. Like yeah. there's a fucking, you know, an us evil version of this movie. I do have to call out the quibble that I've mentioned off air earlier with Shaniqua because again, and I've said this on a bunch of different shows with different things, black girl hair don't work like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you are not going to dip your head all the way underwater and then come up with your waves and everything perfectly laid, with your edges perfectly laid, and then you're not going to walk uh, half a mile back to the house and have your entire outfit be pressed and dried again. I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm struggling with this right now. I'm really struggling with this scenario. I feel I like that, that Morgan's be... wig came off the like when he tried yeah. to get out. Well, that was so funny. Was that this thing that would normally be like this saw hostile fucking torture porn? Like the scalp comes off as instead, like, oh no, they got her weave. <laughs> <laughs> They're gonna scalp her. 
as a wig, Ram Morgan, Ram. Part of me definitely wonders if, like, if that was just like a writer in X Mayo's contract being like, "No, I'm not doing the last third of this movie." Fucking in a soaking wet. <laughs> I'm outfit. going to be wearing this hair. wig, and yeah. it's going yeah. to stay on. Yeah, um, it's like, <laughs> like realism get fucked. Like, it I'm was late. It. I was like, oh, I don't yeah. know what product you're using, but okay, that's not how what it were works. Some of your other quibbles. So there was that. There was um the idea. I, we kind of talked about it a little bit earlier. The idea of Dwayne, not necessarily that he wouldn't have this friend group. I think I don't know if they resolved that scenario between mm-hmm. me and Lisa. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of feel like because he kind of made very valid points, mm-hmm. but basically backed down because she just beat the shit out of somebody with a candlestick. And I'm like, okay, I don't blame you. I mean, but... yeah, yeah, you're right. There isn't really that resolution. Yeah. To like, so it's like, it's still out there. She's, she was a bad friend and maybe your expectations were, his expectations were a little too high, but I kind of wanted to see that play itself out a little bit. The other thing was I felt like that was the closest they came to addressing any of the stereotypical issues that were laid on each character. Mm. Now, not that type of movie. I get it. Yeah. It was a lot of stuff that was just sort of laid out there. I just sort of, yeah. left. you know, the issue I, with her being biracial and yes. being past and I mean, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, like that's that's a little fucked up to point up at a picture of a zebra and go, that's you. Yeah. That's a little fucked up. Yeah, that was, kind of funny. that was kind of funny though. I mean, I it feel was... like there's some of that is is them commenting on, you know, the difference between the rest of them and Clifton is that the rest of them are like, Okay, you just said some shit making fun of me. I'm gonna make fun of you back or I'm gonna like tell you that's fucked up and you know do yeah, something about it. Whereas Clifton walks off and makes it his whole personality for yeah. you know, the next 10 years. Yeah. Like, yeah. Which is the same thing that a lot of those guys that Alicia was referencing earlier do is I'm... they're like, rather than just letting it roll off and, you know, continuing to live your life, you just make being rejected your whole personality. Yeah. I, I mean... really thought that we were going to find out that Clifton was raised by that white family and like that's why he was super. <laughs> yeah worried about acceptance and rejection and stuff like that um but uh nope <laughs> i mean there's definitely a version of clifton that is a lot more sympathetic but also fucking how fucking funny is is jermaine fowler like just being like the most suspicious ass fucking weirdo and then just the full-on sociopath yeah <laughs> now i'm talking. so the, his kick the crossbow tip. over to me it does Complicate a little bit this again. The fact that they do all come from very different walks, different, you know, other identities. There is a bit of a message of like, oh, well, for as much shit as they give each other, there's no, you know, they each got their own different way of being and they're all is equally black. But then you also have Clifton where be like, well, hold on, there's a fucking line. And Clifton crossed that line. Yep. Twice. Yeah. Twice. <laughs> Twice, be clear. I bet he would have voted for Trump a third time if he could. Stop. He might if he's at <laughs> the bottom if, of that well. If he wasn't at the bottom of the well, I'm sure he would. I mean, so I guess this movie does, and again, and please let me know if I am completely off fucking base with this. Is it does kind of combine like partly, you know, there's no wrong way to be black with also, yeah, but some skin folk ain't kin folk, right? Uh, I, I think, mean, I think, yeah. That, again, yeah, let me know please. if I'm just if I am just fucking flubbing it on this analysis here i'm no i don't well first emily what were you gonna say 
Yeah, Emily. Oh, I'm sorry. I was just going to, I definitely understand that there are boundaries. There has to be boundaries there and there's certain boundaries and this isn't really a serious thing but like yeah like i it totally i mean sense. i get it on the jewish side we got dudes like fucking stephen miller fucking throw his whole ass out is stephen miller your candace owens yeah Ooh. he's a yeah Ooh. yeah oh. him and ben shapiro just throw the whole ass man out right in the trash Ugh. anyway <laughs> gonna, very sorry gonna, gonna send me to <laughs> send me to bed with that thought on my mind look we can talk uh, yeah. about it later anyway I, one of my quibbles i think was just about the amount of joking that they did i always worry about and i guess maybe this is something that i have to think about for myself is that how is a wider audience going to take this and like what kind of jokes are going to come out of other people yeah. consuming this media you know, like Dave Chappelle talking about people coming up to him and saying the N word in the street, like to him. Oh my they god! Were, they were saying That's his so jokes back up. to him. You know, you literally took the words out. Of, I was literally going like, to go to Dave Chappelle. Yeah, and like yeah. The, the beginning, like I was telling Jeremy, they're saying the N word left, right, left, right, and I was like, look, I've been in large groups of black people, and we we don't just call each other the N word all the time. It, it like, did make not... taking notes a little difficult. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Few, few less lines than yeah. I would normally just quote directly. Yeah, I was like, there are a few places where it feels very earned, and it definitely feels, and the dialogue definitely feels very real. But, yeah, like, but they are they are throwing it out but, with wanton yeah. abandon. Some of the jokes that they make, like, like would I tell my biracial sister they go to you know they go to panda bear? That's you. Yeah, I would throw her the panda bear, and I would throw me the brown bear. I'd throw Jeremy a like a polar bear, teddy bear, and be like. One for each of us. But I don't know that that is something that I would necessarily want other people yeah. thinking, oh, yeah, it's okay. We can joke about, you know? But the thing is, so here's... Yeah, I wish y'all could have seen Jeremy's fucking charismatic as fuck smirk at being called a teddy bear. Because I'm not going to lie. It was, right it was a fucking... It was it's a fucking... It was a smolder. Yeah. I wish y'all could have seen it. That's my little sugar bear right there. But anyway. So here's the thing. I didn't feel like that all the banter back and forth between them was out of place. And I say that because one of the things that was two, two experiences, one of the things I noticed I learned growing up, especially in the community and where I grew up, was numbers increases that kind of exuberance. It's like if, if you're if it's you and your friend and yeah, you're probably going to be a little bit more relaxed and calm. But the minute there's like seven of you all hanging out, everyone's just going to act a fool because mm. they just are. The other part of it is in terms of how often people will use the N-word as someone who got their hair cut every two weeks for most of their adult life in the black barbershop. Yes. <laughs> yes, there are. There are and those I people. Suppose, you this... know what? I was I was every month in the salon, so I was with the older ladies. So maybe See, that's why I missed out on that. I just, oh, no. I just kept wondering where Luke Cage was to tell them not to use that word. <laughs> Oh no! Oh no! The things <laughs> I could tell you, hearing growing up in the, I was just like, literally, why are you, why are you saying these words? Like right in now, like, like, in what public. is the reason? To quote like, Cardi, you've what got to stop. Mean? It was, ugh, yeah. And was, the other kind of concern that I had, well, the other, my other thought was that this is a lot like bodies, 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 except I actually like these characters. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, absolutely detesting all of them, but it's like they're elder millennial, like caricatures, all of them. And so that kind of 
That's They're very kind much of where millennial. I came back into the movie Instead where I was like, Z, okay, yeah. we're making fun of the slasher trope. We are, you know, we have these caricatures of people. I did find the joke where he said, y'all got to stop calling my wife the man. Pretty. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I do like appreciate you bringing up bodies, bodies, bodies. Because I, you're right. It is very different than Gen Z versus, you know, millennial versus, versus uh, millennials. But also to the degree where it's like, Yes, what I like about Bodies, Bodies, Bodies is how much I detest these characters and they're fucking pointless, gloriously, like, and they're in super enjoyable, dumb, dumb deaths. Whereas, yeah, I hated, I hated almost with this, every like, minute of that movie. <laughs> I'm so angry. <laughs> I, I find Bodies, Bodies, Bodies to be one of those either you love it or you hate it. I, I don't know anybody that's just new that's just neutral on bodies, bodies, bodies. <laughs> well, but it was shifting moment to moment for me from <laughs> from full on love to full on hate. With this one, and and partially just because their chemistry was so good, I'm really happy this is a movie where all six main characters survived. Yes, yeah, like I feel like that needs to be highlighted. Lisa is set up to be the final girl. Lisa has all of the final girl, just average. Oh yeah, like, there's yeah. no. There's no, you know, when everybody's handing out their little game pieces and they're like, you're, he's from Africa and she's biracial. Like, she has no deal. There's no thing with her other than she keeps going back to Nam being she's best friends with Dwayne. It takes her the end of the movie for someone even ask, like, what is your deal? And she's like, I'm an attorney. Yeah, yeah. It takes yeah. the whole movie to learn that. Yeah. Like, congratulations. Even when congratulations. they were voting for, when they were deciding who are we going to, who's not the blackest, nobody says anything no. about Lisa. Yeah, I was waiting for it to get around to Lisa. Yeah, I kept waiting for, well, what's Lisa's deal? Nobody says anything about it. But there is something to be said that, you know, with the exception of our first two characters, you know, uh, Sean and later on Morgan, I feel like by not having a high body count, even for a slasher movie, by the nature of what this movie is, like, this isn't a film that traffics in violence to black people. This isn't a movie reveling in showing you terrible violent things happening to black people at the hands of racist white people in the woods yeah like it would have been very easy to make a version of this movie that does that does not realize how upsetting its imagery actually is and also the fact that like clifton paid a thousand dollars to have them all killed a thousand not each a thousand thousand dollars so he's paying those brothers 500 each that's why i was like i don't know how you know, this guy's aesthetic. So he's got one funny. eye. Like, he can't fight. He's getting beat up and he's only getting That's all you can get for a $100 hit. Well, they were only charging like three fifty eight for gas. So, I mean, I guess the economy there is really fucked oh, up. And, and then the when Dwayne the said, the That's money. offensive. Yeah. And then yeah. he keeps the money. Puts the money in his pocket. Oh, that that offensive. was so fucking funny. <laughs> I, I do want to say. This is not movie related, really, except for that it happens in the movie. Just as a PSA, if you get shot with an arrow, break the arrow, leave it in. Yes. Do not pull it out because arrows are tipped. So you rip when you pull it out and you will bleed to death unless you have something to, to bandage it with. That might legitimately be the worst part of the movie is that it might inadvertently teach someone fatally bad lessons about what to do if they're ever shot with an arrow. Yeah, well, if it goes they... out the other end, break it, pull it through the other end. If it's yeah. stuck in you, 
leave it there until you can get to actual medical attention and break it. Just yeah, because everyone they're like, "What do we do now?" Out. I'm like, three of you have arrow wounds. A hospital." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I with that and with the uh, the concern that you know the jokes will be repeated. I mean, the jokes will be repeated situation. I'm a little bit like I, you know, in general, I would be more worried about just because the jokes are so funny. But, um, you know, if somebody's learning arrow etiquette from this film, then I think they're already too far gone for us. But I mean, just, just, I mean if you do end up in a situation where you're lost in the woods and somebody shoots you with an arrow, just leave it in. Yeah. Yeah. Break it so it doesn't catch on everything. But I assume in. in this situation, you are drunk and have just shot your buddy accidentally with an arrow you just got from Walmart, in which case. Please remember this podcast. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I've said we're it before. I'll say it again. Everything I know about survival, I learned from Naked and Afraid. That's pretty much it. So all you need to know. I mean, I feel like Ben made a very important point. Like, we want you to remember this podcast when you're drunk and lost in the woods. Yeah, that's, that's the best time to think about it. And really. when all you have is your Android phone, you know, yeah. make sure that you. Make sure you get on Podcast us. Addict. And listen, yeah, because you're not going to have iTunes. Let me tell you what. Do people in so you know, as far as like the picking on each other, do people we, in other community is that a thing that you all do in your yes? Do you like yes, yes, absolutely. Okay. I've a hundred percent. It's something I've grown less tolerant of as I've gotten older. I've gotten to be a little less like, yeah, we're an asshole, be an asshole people, but like. That's true, but hey, it's just, you know, it's what you do and tell people up. And now I'm like, why are we being mean assholes? Like, <laughs> like this this sucks. Can we <laughs> it's shitty. There's, can we just say it sucks to get made fun of? Can we maybe just not do it? Would that be the worst thing? I think the biggest thing I've learned as an adult is, you know, th that you can say, hey, maybe not right now. And that's not going to like destroy yeah. the vibe, at least for people that you, you know, genu genuinely want to keep and will be the best people to keep Again, in your life. I, I grew up in the, you know, the great Jewish Italian alliance that helped build Long Island. And so we, we call it uh, we call it busting balls. Yeah. Over here. Yep. Yeah. Is, uh, is the is the anthropological vernacular. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. And that's. You know, we you don't have to bust balls so hard that you're just like obliterating each other. But I feel like that's one thing about this movie that go easy on the balls. Yeah, go easy yeah. on the balls. They're very sensitive. But that is one thing that I felt was natural about this friend group is that they had all of their little ways that they teased each other. And then, um, yeah, you know, I felt I felt that was fine. It, it I, very much felt like the teasing of friends who know mm -hmm. each other. Yeah, it's exactly and, it know their limits except for when they press those limits and then that becomes you know something that they then have to deal with during the movie when mm -hmm. sneaker showed up with her bottle of wine and you know she's trying to come in was it through the window or something like yes. that yeah and, and doing basically stuff that whole exchange they're like screaming yelling back and forth with each other and then he's like, go through the fucking door. And he's, he's like, love <laughs> you, love you. And then just keep, they keep on going. Yeah. That was just it. Like that. That's yeah, that exemplifies that's exactly what we're talking about. It's just, yeah, we're going to talk shit. We're going to 
we're going to get in each other's faces. We know we don't mean it. We know it's just the thing Then we're going to just, you know, move on to the next thing and never go back to this. And it doesn't, it, cause it's, it's not even like it's a thing that happened that they were supposed to feel in the moment and sort of let go. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's just like, it's just words. It's yeah. just words that should never even be absorbed because, you know, it means nothing. So that's kind of how it was. So it's not really like, I get what you're saying about busting balls, but I guess even when I'm like with my mom, it's funny. My mother calls us the glee club, <laughs> my group of uh, friends, even when we're together, I didn't even know. I, I wouldn't even be able to clock all the shit we say back and forth to each other that, you know, by the time we finish that sentence, someone else is on to their next read. When by the time they finish, someone else is on to their next read. And then we've forgotten whatever was said and then move on to the next thing. But it's like, then we all walk out, you know, give each other our big hugs before we leave, you know, because this was like our, the end of like a nine hour brunch and we call it a day. We just go <laughs> do yeah. our things. I wanted to talk briefly because I think, you know, in terms of our progressive politics section of the show, I think it's, you know, we, we address a lot of the questions here. You know, it, in terms of representation, it's really great because everybody, uh, every part of that camp out or not camp out. See, look out. Yeah. Jeremy I just wanted, to, I wanted to wait long enough. I wanted to just wait and pause. I'm like, let's see if she gets it. Let's see if, <laughs> let's see if she gets it. Let's, look, let's I know I know who I am. <laughs> I'm not going to make any fucking excuses. <laughs> I was like, let's just see. If you're video and saw you should know. But anyway, the, um, <laughs> just so you know, my name is Emily. Just remember that. I'm talking <laughs> to the reader or the uh, the listener, you know. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> the the one thing I did want to bring up was the the characterization of Clifton and his facial tick. I'm not sure what that was about, other than mm. him being kind I, of. I I do feel like that I was had a quibble with that. <laughs> yeah, that, no, that's a fair quibble. I do feel like that is just you know I feel like that's just some straight out a little bit of ableism on the movie's part. Mm -hmm. I do feel like that is just using a a deformity or to try to just as a way to just in that stereotype of like look that means he's extra shifty mm -hmm. as you know it's very much oh it's not something where that the movie explores it's just kind of a way to demonize to demonize him in that kind of classic way that disability has long been used to just give him that little cherry on top the villain the villainy sunday yeah i i mean that was my only like big question about the movie in terms of like all of the other stuff that it was dealing with. Also surprisingly mean to people with asthma, but you know what? Deservedly. <laughs> but for real though, does Clifton play? I think Clifton does play Magic the Gathering. Do you, do we think that he plays Swamp Main because of his complex or is he like more of a blue player? I feel like you said a lot of words that I have no idea what they mean. Swamp swamps have black mana. Uh, that's the well. I don't know what that means. No, I I do not know. I don't know what that means. I want to learn, but I don't worry about it. Yeah, I think he plays Yu-Gi-Oh. Okay, yeah, Yu-Gi-Oh. Yu-Gi-Oh is. I feel like Clifton likes Seto Kaiba a lot. Yeah, he's more of a Seto Kaiba guy. I will say, but really. Sorry. I will say, no matter which con I go to, whether it's the local con here, Awesome Con, or New York Comic Con, or wherever, the minute I walk into those tabletop gaming rooms, I'm like, 
I once again feel like an outsider. Like this is the only place in any nerd event where I feel like an outsider because I'm like, mm-hmm. I have no idea what is happening right now. Oh, no, oh listen, yeah. as everyone is enjoying themselves. I mean, I, that, regardless, that kind of strong opinions on Joey Wheeler. That's all I know. Yeah. Yeah. Going uh, in there. Oh, Clifton absolutely has called Joey Wheeler too urban. On Twitter, yes. Clifton's all over Twitter. Never mind. Clifton. Don't worry and about Anna, it. And Anna, Anna, an, an anime character they gave a Brooklyn accent. Okay. Yeah. Joey Wheeler. Okay. To, okay. To all right. <laughs> anyway, this is all Yu-Gi-Oh. We're weebs. Also not apologizing for that. I'm apologizing a little bit. I'm not. <laughs> so live in your space. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, deep. We all... The shame? Deep-seated. Yeah. I'm the one who fucking brought up Berserk, and you know what? I do. That's uh, always legit. For... It's always legit bringing up Berserk. Well, have you have you read Berserk? I haven't, but I know it's great, and it's okay. always okay to bring up Berserk. I don't know. We we'll have the conversation later. Anyway, okay. Um, I still have was... about. I still got another like 350 chapters of One Piece to get through. Have fun reading manga forever. I will. It's okay. great. Plus, read Chainsaw okay. Man. I have it, but I've watched it. Okay, anyway, sorry. We just, like, fucking hijacked this for Weeaboo Corner. But, like, anyway, the the point being, yeah, the Clifton thing. Is that thing, a slur? You know, apparently not. <laughs> I, you know what I mean? I, is honestly, that what y'all call yourselves? Like, is that, like, is it? <laughs> if I called you that, would that be offensive? No. No. I don't I, mean, I still don't. I don't, I don't know. I don't think. I don't, when, I, when I first heard I the term. No, it's okay. Because I, when I first heard the term weeaboo, I was like, Are, excuse you? And then... I'm going to say any slurs for American anime watchers should be used. Uh, yeah. Um, what, would, what would the equivalent of that, would that be for a cookout? Are you, inv- are, you invited to the, are you invited to the con after party? There you go. <laughs> <laughs> just trying to, just the trying after, to figure out what the that after party furry is. rave. Oh, yeah, yeah. Are you invited to the furry rave? There we go. There you Boom. go. Let's just try to figure out where the Camp safe space out. would be. Listen, mm-hmm. yeah. oh, I don't think any of those spaces are safe. It depends on how many Pokeball-shaped Molly you're taking. Oh, wow. <laughs> anyway, there you go. So, would you recommend this film? Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Oh, God, yes, yes. Oh, 100%. my God, so, so I've recommended much. it to three people today. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would recommend it. I I was, the only reason I haven't recommended it to anybody is that I haven't seen anybody that I ha- didn't already see while I was watching the movie. No. Apparently, or I you. was the only person I know who hadn't seen it. So, hey, there you have it. You caught up. Oh, yeah. Everyone yeah, I mentioned it to had thoughts. I was like, so, oh, okay. So, apparently I, mean, apparently, I wasn't invited to the cookout. I'm learning this as we speak right now. Do we have recommendations? Oof. Wow. I, I, I can kick us up. I'm going to recommend, it hasn't actually come out yet, but it looks really funny. I love the cast, and I really like this director's past film. And I'm going to recommend The Book of Clarence from director, writer-director James Samuel, uh, oh, Lakeith starring, Lakeith Stan- yeah, starring Lakeith Stanfield. Uh, you also got Omar Sy from uh, Lupin, Anna Diop from uh, Titans, R.J. Seiler from Power Rangers, David Oyelowo from the MLK biopic, Alfred Woodard from a whole bunch of fucking stuff. <laughs> from uh, everything. Like, from everything. You got Caleb McLaughlin from Stranger Things. Just James McAvoy is in this fucking thing. I uh, never you- in my life thought I would hear someone describe a cast that included Alfred Woodard and a Power Ranger. 
right? <laughs> that is good special. for those Power Rangers. What if Alfred Woodard was a Power Ranger? We can't prove she wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, has not come out yet. So it might not be good, but it looks really good. And you know what? By the time this podcast drops, it will be out. So there you go. Okay. Well, since tis the season, I enjoy watching um, terrible holiday movies, like made-for-television, Hallmark-style rom-com holiday movies. And recently, I've been on a kick of watching ones from the own network, like the Oprah Winfrey versions, which have generally been a little bit more fun than some of the other ones. However, Jeremy and I stumbled across a movie that came out some time ago called The Bitch Who Stole Christmas. Mm -hmm. It is a drag race movie. Yes. Starring RuPaul. And it was very kitschy. It was very drag race. I think RuPaul was excellent. And there are some, some, some real stellar moments. So if you're looking for a bad Christmas movie to watch, I highly recommend The Bitch Who Stole Christmas. There is a scene of RuPaul saying, I am your mother. I've always been mother while climbing a giant tree, Christmas tree. So fun times. That is fun times. It was nice. <laughs> I, I didn't have anything that immediately sprung to mind that was related as a movie, but really just a sort of comedic style that made me, it made me think of, and I don't know, maybe I'm the only person who will, who have seen this, the Black Lady Sketch Show. Yeah, oh, no, exactly no, love that show. Yeah. Absolutely. It, it, yeah. It gave me a lot of those vibes with Robin D. Oh, yeah. See, if you like see. this movie, you'll love Black Lady <laughs> Sketch Show. If you like the Black Lady Sketch Show, love it. Love it. So that's what that's those are the vibes, comedic vibes that it was giving me. You know what? It was also giving me a little bit of Grand Crew as well. So mm. um, if you didn't watch Grand Crew, Nicole Byer. Nicole Byer, it's especially the scene where, or the episode where he's teaching him how to trash talk. It's like your head looking ass, your neck looking ass, you know. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, go ahead, neck, chest. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Um, I take it back. I take back the bitch who stole Christmas. I want to recommend Grand Crew. Alicia, <laughs> cut this, cut this, cut this. <laughs> in terms of recommendations if you want to see a movie that is satisfying but with slightly more violence and slightly less likable characters sissy is another great one and i also just recently found out this has very little to do with this movie but it is the season right now of course it'll be when you're listening hopefully you can still find this movie you don't mind watching a christmas movie in february but it's called santa claus versus the devil and it's kind of like the devil ver or the excuse me the Santa Claus versus the Martians vibe. Uh, just why not about Santa it. versus Satan? I mean, it's right there. Uh, it's a Spanish film. Oh, okay. Well, I believe I believe it's well, Santa versus Mexican. Satan. Yeah, well, that's right. French. That's French, bud. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you <laughs> Well, it's a, actually a Mexican film. I should say that it's in Spanish, but you know, I should be clear about the origins of these things. So, yeah. Emily Martin have to hunt. <laughs> origins of films. Anyway. Subscribe to our Patreon to find out what do I have. <laughs> Jeremy. I've been thinking. I feel like there's a lot of things that I could recommend. But uh, just today, 
I watched the first two episodes of the new Disney Plus Percy Jackson show uh, uh. with my daughter, Mara, who we've been reading the books together. We were very oh boy, excited to watch was, it. She said she was watching the trailer over and over again, trying Ooh. not to watch it without you. <laughs> that's, Aww, that's, that's adorable. She's like, Mommy, I'm breaking. I'm breaking. I don't think I can make it. <laughs> she insisted on watching the movies that we already knew were bad before we watched them. And they are very bad. Previous iteration of Christopher Columbus fronted Percy Jackson movies. We sat down to watch these today, and there's just two episodes out at this point. They'll probably all be out by the time this is, is going up, but they went ahead and, you know, kickstarted it with two episodes. The best way to actually tie it to this show at all is that Chiron, the centaur, is who's one of the main characters of the series that, you know, sort of his mentor is played by Glenn Turman, who was in uh, the original Gremlins movie. I, I was like, hey. I, is that Colonel Taylor from a different world? I thought so, yeah. Is that Colonel Taylor? That's what I thought. Mr. Hansen from the Gremlins. Yeah, it might be. Hold on, let me... Jeremy, I just really feel like the fact that you recognize him from Gremlins and not from a different world just says something about where we both come from. (laughs) You know what? Uh Uh-oh. I will say, though, that Mr. D. Dionysus, who is the camp leader, who I always give a crazy voice when I'm reading the book, I was so excited when Percy Jackson walks into his little hut and it's Jason Matsukas. I was like, perfect casting, 10 of 10, must recommend. This is, this is uh, who's uh, Jason Matsukas playing? Dionysus. No, perfect uh, casting. Yeah. The like core cast of kids that are, are going to be the continuing characters are really great. Even the like little bits and pieces of things that as we've been reading the books, I've been like, wow, this is a little early 2000s. Um, have kind of been addressed. They've been fixed up a little bit. It's like it's it's better than it is in the books. Even they haven't. Megan Mullally is in the cast. She hasn't shown up yet. I'm, I'm excited for her to to show up. But yeah, it's a it's a great. So far, it's a great cast, and they they do a really good job with it. And it's a, a diverse group of, of characters and worlds. A lot more than it has to be with a story about Greek gods which I, I've appreciated about recording stuff in general, but I appreciate especially when it's done in the show. But yeah, definitely worth checking out if you haven't watched it. Probably the whole season is out by now because it's February. We're recording this just before Christmas. So that one's definitely worth checking out. I think that's it, right? Everybody recommended? Yeah, I think so. All right. Well, uh, that's it. Aaron, can you uh, let people know where they can find you, find out more about what you do? I literally forgot for a second. You forgot who you were? I was like, where am I? What's happening? You can find me probably every Wednesday on a new episode of the Talking Comics podcast where a bunch of us just sit around our virtual clubhouse and talk all things nerd, mostly comics, and, you know, have a good time. So by the time this comes out, we'll be full on into the new year of, of comics and seeing what's what and, you know, having lots of things to say about it. So you can check us out there. Awesome. And Alicia, can you let people know more about where they can find you online? Well, um, I'm still on Twitter at Alicia Whitley, and I'm also on Blue Sky at Alicia Whitley dot whatever the ending to Blue Sky addresses is. And yeah, that's pretty much what I'm doing right now. There you go. Awesome. And you also have book reviews and stuff out there. And I guess they can find that stuff through your Twitter. 
they can yes they can <laughs> and of course uh if you're listening to those podcasts you're experiencing alicia's work right now she edits this in every every other episode of this for <laughs> for the a good since it started sounding good uh it's been Aww. her <laughs> thanks bud yeah. problem Thank i think you, since candy man is when i started yeah we appreciate you so much. Absolutely. And uh, Emily, what about you? Megamoth.net. It's just all a link to all my stuff. Highlights, Mega underscore Moth on Instagram and Megamoth on Patreon, which, you know, I also have free tiers. But sign up to Patreon for the podcast first, and then you get the extra bonuses for me, like my respect and gratitude. It comes at a cost. Yes. <laughs> Sheep for respect, but you know, still. Uh and Ben, what about you? Yeah, check me out. Uh BenConComics.com. Uh BenConComics on Instagram and Blue Sky. And you know, be a pal. Order some books. My most recent work is the Captain Laserhawk manga from Tokyo Pop. And you can pick up my novel, L Campbell Wins Their Weekend. Or else. <laughs> Yeah, um, I'll find you. Yeah, and as for me, you can find me at jeremywhitley.com. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at jrum58, Blue Sky and Tumblr at Jeremy Whitley. You can right now probably pick up my uh, my new book, The Cold Ever After, which I uh, wrote and Megan Wong illustrated. It's out from Titan Comics right now. If it's not in the store, ask them to order it. It's fun. It's got a little bit of horror, a little bit of romance a little bit of fantasy in there i think if you enjoy this podcast you'll probably enjoy that book as well you can also uh while you're at it pick up the dog night because that is still out <laughs> hasn't gone away and of course you can uh find the podcast on patreon at progressively horrified on our website at progressively horrified.transitions.fm and on twitter at prog horror pod we would love to hear from you and speaking of loving to hear from you we would really love it if you could rate and review this podcast wherever you're listening to it and that will uh, help us find more listeners which will help us keep making the podcast so we would really appreciate that thanks again to our guests alicia and aaron for joining us guys this was uh, this was a fun one so fun so much thank fun you so much thank this you was for having me. thank you so much for coming on everyone of course great time great time well until yeah. next time everybody stay horrified Clap. Clap.